is up my League of Geeks? This is Eric from Geeks Crossing. It's the year 2022 as of the making of this episode, and if you love Nintendo like myself, then you know exactly where I'm going with this. This year marks the 5th anniversary of the Nintendo Switch. My god, it doesn't feel like 5 years, but here we are now. And it goes without saying that the Switch utterly demolished the Wii U, because let's be real, the Wii U sucked. I know, I said that shit many times before, including the episode which featured my friends Joe and Jose. Shoutouts to you guys. Anyway, the idea of recapping my favorite Switch games has always been on my mind. However, Nintendo is still pumping out Switch games to this day, whereas the GameCube, Wii, and even the Wii U to an extent, have already been discontinued by the time I did their respected episodes. But then I thought to myself, why not break the rules a little bit? I know that this episode might be a couple months late, but if there's one thing I've learned from doing anniversary episodes, is that as long as the episode's out during that release year, it still counts. Anyway, these games will be judged based on their stories, gameplay, and how they reflect the Switch as a whole. And just like my previous episodes, each game will be explained from a general standpoint instead of phone-length reviews. Besides, some of these games already got reviews. Of course, I'm only sticking to one game per franchise, but if a franchise has any side or spin-off games, then those side games count as their own franchise. Again, the best example I have is the Mario Party series. Additionally, I'm only featuring games that are Switch exclusives. As we know, majority of the Switch games are ported from the Wii U. Believe me, I would have loved to include games like Mario Kart 8 Deluxe or Pokemon Tournament DX, but I'm trying to keep things fair and consistent. Once more, everything I say is just my opinion, so if you think a certain game shouldn't be ranked higher or lower, that's fine. Keep in mind, I had a very conservative childhood growing up, especially when it came to the GameCube and Wii, so that may or may not affect what Switch games I picked. Without further ado, let's get started by talking about a few honorable mentions. Starting with ARMS. I didn't think much about this game to be honest, but after playing it for myself, it's not that bad. Definitely one of the most unique fighting games out there. I mean, you're playing as fighters with fucking springs for ARMS. Sadly, that's pretty much the only thing you're getting out of it, but as an early game that's meant to demonstrate the Switch's capabilities, I still respect it enough to play as an honorable mention. Up next, Super Mario Party. Compared to the other Mario Party games, this one definitely felt like a breath of fresh air, thanks to its controls and simple yet fun minigames, some of which actually made my top 10 list featuring my favorite Mario Party games of all time, such as Candy Shakedown and Pie Hard. Yet, there's another game that outshines it in almost every way. Hint hint, wink wink. Next, we have Pokemon Sword and Shield. These are without a doubt some of if not the most controversial games within the Pokemon series. Whether it has to do with texture problems, oversaturated characters and gimmicks, or, most infamously, the cut Pokédex. Despite all that, I still think they're solid games. I know the other geeks would definitely disagree on that. Especially Matt. Shout out to Matt. Love you, buddy. Anyway, the whole Dynamax slash Gigantamax mechanic did feel very gimmicky, but it started to grow on me, and the Galar region has given us some of the best Pokemon I've seen in a long time. Not to mention the DLC expansions which helped gave these games more replay value, more so than Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl, which spoilers aren't honorable mentions, nor did they make the list for me. Lastly, we have Kirby's Star Allies. It wouldn't be a Nintendo-themed episode if I didn't mention Kirby at least once. What makes this Kirby game a cut above the rest was the fact that it gives you a chance to befriend enemies and make them your allies throughout the game, hence the title. Not only that, you can combine their attacks with whatever copy form you're in to make your attacks much more powerful. Nice reference to Kirby 64, The Crystal Shards. However, as fun as the whole gimmick was, it did get a little exhausting after a while, especially towards the final world. Still, as Kirby's first game for the Switch, it's worth acknowledging. What? No Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild? Sorry, I stopped caring about Zelda. 
Plus, that game is also a Wii U title, therefore it doesn't apply to me. Then again, some people will be fucking pissed at me if I didn't mention it at least once. So I might as well. <laughs> okay, now we can move on to my list. Number 10. Yoshi's Crafted World. Starting off my list, we have the latest game in the Yoshi series. Kamek and Bowser Jr. are once again up to no good by attempting to steal the Sun Dream Stone. But when the stone gets shattered, Yoshi and his friends must restore the stone before they do. Very generic story. I know. Thankfully, the gameplay is what mostly kept me infested. Yes, it acts like every other Yoshi game you've seen, but what makes this game stand out was the fact that you could toss eggs at the background and even the scenery definitely makes good use of the game's 2.5 aesthetics. Not to mention all the fun levels and boss fights as well. However, because I'm not a huge Yoshi fan like I was back then, I didn't bother 100%ing the game after beating it, and I don't need to remind anyone how difficult the secret levels are. <laughs> Still, this game was fun, simple, and revolutionary, which helps it earn a spot in the top 10. Number 9. Luigi's Mansion 3 The first Luigi's Mansion game was one of my favorite games growing up, but I wasn't a big fan of its sequel. Add that to the many hot takes I have. <laughs> so I was a little apprehensive about playing this game for the first time. And sure enough, it turned out to be a great game. This time, Luigi goes on vacation to this new hotel that opens up, and brings Mario, Peach, and a couple of Toads with them. But, surprise surprise, the hotel is infested with ghosts, and it's up to Luigi to capture them and rescue his friends. I know, the story makes the title misleading, because Luigi is venturing through a hotel instead of a mansion. Despite that, this game offers everything you expect from Luigi's Mansion, such as different areas to explore, a dark-slash-grim atmosphere, and unique boss fights. But what makes this game stand out, besides the new upgrades to your Poltergust, is the multiplayer feature. Of course, I'm talking about Gooigi, a clone of Luigi made entirely out of green goo, which can help him out throughout the game. Even though he looks derpy as fuck, it was still interesting. In fact, I played through the entire game with my friend Gabe, where he was Luigi, and I had the honor of playing as Gooigi. Shout out to Gabe. I never thought I had so much fun playing as Luigi, but in jello form. Hmm. Despite the constant backtracking and BS puzzles, Luigi's Mansion 3 is still a solid game. Number 8. Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games Tokyo 2020. Damn, that's a mouthful. The latest entry in the somehow still functioning Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games series. But in all seriousness, it was nice to see another game like this, considering they skipped the 2018 Olympics for some reason. As expected, it's another nonsensical game where you play as either Mario or Sonic characters and compete in sports featured at the Olympics. Whether you're playing past events like fencing, table tennis, archery, etc. Or new events they added like surfing, karate, and even skateboarding. This game does a good job of capturing each event. And I will give this game credit for actually providing a legit story mode. I know, the DS counterpart to the Olympic Winter Games already did that. But does anyone really give a shit? This actually corresponds with the game's true highlight in my opinion. The classic 2D event, where you get the chance to play as 8-bit versions of certain characters. That was freaking nuts. Unfortunately... Some events don't feel as intuitive compared to other games, and why the fuck did they think it was a good idea to have Todes the only new character is beyond me. Honestly, I think the 2016 Rio Olympic Games was a better game overall. I know, it's fucking crazy to hear me say that a Wii U game is better than a Switch game. Nonetheless, I enjoyed this game for what it offers. Number 7, Paper Mario The Origami Knight. Damn, what is this, the 5th or 6th Paper Mario game? The Mushroom Kingdom is getting turned to origami, and it's up to Mario and his new companion Olivia to save everyone. To be honest, I had very low expectations for this game, mainly because the last few Paper Mario games were fucking awful. <coughs> Sticker Star, <coughs> Color Splash, <coughs> but to my surprise, 
this game actually felt like a huge improvement. Granted, it wasn't perfect, but it's definitely better than what we got previously. An open world Paper Mario game packed with fun and suited gameplay that really captures the origami gimmick. Not to mention finally giving us another new villain that wasn't Bowser, and a sympathetic one at that. Throw in a couple of humorous moments, a kick-ass soundtrack, and you got yourself not only a solid Paper Mario game, but a solid Switch game as well. A Thousand Year Door is still the best game in the series. Just saying. Number 6. Mario Party Superstars Just make it slightly below the top 5, we have Mario Party Superstars. It's funny, for a while I kept saying Super Mario Party was my favorite out of all the Mario Party games. But after playing this game, I might have to take that back. Because the amount of minigames provided is insane. This game has not 20, 30, or even 40 minigames, but over 100 minigames from previous titles. Even more than what Mario Party Top 100 had, which is fucking crazy. And seeing these past minigames remade but with Switch graphics made them feel new and nostalgic at the same time. This includes, but not limited to, Eats a Pizza from Mario Party 3, Book Squirm from Mario Party 4, and even Coney Island from Mario Party 5. All of which coincidentally made my top 10 list. Which actually brings me to one reason why this game isn't in the top 5. And it's because it doesn't feature any past minigames from Super Mario Party. Including my favorite minigame of all time, Pie Hard. I know, that sounds petty, but that's how I feel. Seriously, what the fuck were they thinking? <laughs> Despite that, if you're someone who's been playing Mario Party your whole life, then you'll definitely love this game for its content. Number 5. Nintendo Switch Sports you guys know I love Wii Sports, especially its sequel, so naturally I was excited for this game. Admittedly, it does feel a little uncanny to play as more humanistic Miis this time around, but luckily the gameplay more than makes up for that, featuring a handful of different sports for you and your friends to compete in. Whether it's a heated game of tennis, aiming for the best score in bowling, or beating the shit out of each other with plastic swords in Shambara. Or is it Kambara? God, I can't pronounce this shit. That one instantly became my favorite because it reminded me a lot of swordplay. I know, it's very ironic to hear me rank another sports game this high, when you guys know I don't give two shits about sports, but that's what makes this game, and by extension, the Wii Sports franchise so impactful. Honestly, my biggest complaint about this game is that there's not that many events to choose from, when in previous games, ideally Wii Sports Resort, had much more to offer. Maybe in the future they'll include other sports. I mean, they confirmed that golf will be added relatively soon. So that gives me some hope. Regardless, this game is still a lot of fun and a nice love letter to everyone who had a Wii back in the mid-2000s. Number 4. Kirby and the Forgotten Land At 4th place, we have Kirby's Ladies Adventure. I re-explain what I love about this game in great detail, so if you want to hear my full thoughts about this game, go listen to that episode first. But to summarize, you play as Kirby as he wanders through the Forgotten Land, an open-world environment that's full of beast-like creatures. Right off the bat, I was hyped for this game because I always wanted to play an open world Kirby game. And this game nearly perfected that concept with every level and boss fight you encounter. Not to mention the hometown where you get to purchase items and enhance your copy abilities, which is another reason why I love about this game. For once, you have the option to make your copy abilities stronger than ever before, giving this game a good sense of replay value. And let's not forget about Mouthful Mode, where Kirby attempts to swallow a giant inanimate object, but instead turns into that object. Whether it was a car, a water balloon, a light bulb, or even a fucking vending machine. Yeah, that shit blew my mind when I first saw it. There's also mini-games in the Coliseum, which I didn't focus on too much, but I appreciate them nonetheless. However, I'm still iffy with some of the missions in each level, and how the game rewards you for rescuing every wildy did feel lackluster. Other than that, it's still a great game that I'm willing to rank this high. Number 3. 
Pokemon Legends Arceus. Wow, Eric ranked a Pokemon game in the top three. Who would have thought? Of course, the geeks and I already reviewed this game some time ago. Shoutouts to Key, Matt, and Nick. But I'll be more than happy to recap what makes this game so good. First off, it's an open world Pokemon game, which is something all Pokemon fans want to see. Yeah, Sword and Shield already gave us with the wild area, but this game just completely shits on that. Exploring different areas and having the option to catch Pokemon without battling them was incredible as you work your way to completing the first ever Pokedex for a Sinnoh region, or Hisuian region. That's another reason what makes this game stand out. Unlike past titles, Legends Arceus is actually a prequel game, which is something we never had before. It was amazing getting a chance to explore Sinnoh, but in ancient times, and gradually build a civilization where Pokemon and humans can live in harmony. I also like the strong and agile style moves they introduced. Definitely made the battles a lot more tactical than before. The only complaints I have, besides the Volo battle being difficult as fuck, is that they got rid of breeding, which definitely made catching certain Pokemon all the more tedious, and it's a little weird how they changed the impact of certain moves. A prime example is Stealth Rocks, which is normally an entry hazard move, but in this game, it's a damage dealing move for some reason. Other than that, Pokemon Legends Arceus was a breath of fresh air that the Pokemon games needed, and with Scarlet and Violet coming out soon, as of the time of me recording this, we might be seeing a bright new future for the Pokemon games. No pun intended because of that new dumb mechanic they revealed. <laughs> Number 2. Super Mario Odyssey At second place, we have the latest Super Mario game, if you don't count Bowser's Fury. Right off the bat, this game already lets you know that this isn't your average Mario game, aside from the generic story. Bowser, once again, kidnaps Princess Peach and plans to marry her against her will. So Mario must travel the world with this ghost-hat ally named Cappy in order to rescue her and Cappy's younger sister, Tiara. Like I said, generic. But Cappy was the game's main selling point, if anything. Because with help from him, Mario can throw his hat and transform himself into the body of his enemies. Witnessing Mario turn to enemies like Goombas or Koopas is both epic and hilarious at the same time. Hell, the First Kingdom even has him turned to a fucking dinosaur. And I'm not talking about Yoshis. I mean actual, terrifying, realistic dinosaurs. Speaking of which, another thing that makes this game stand out is the fact that each kingdom is based off a real-life location. For example, the Snow Kingdom being based off Siberia and Russia, the Seaside Kingdom being based off the French Rivera in France, and most famously, the Metro Kingdom being based off New York City in North America. Needless to say, I felt right at home over there. Each area provides great music, missions, and boss fights. Okay, the boss fights can still be frustrating at times, but what do you expect? It's a Mario game. Honestly, this game has the potential of outranking Super Mario Galaxy as my favorite Mario game, but we can debate on that if you want. This game may find a Switch worth it, but there's still one more game left that tops it. Number 1. Super Smash Bros. Ultimate Tell me you guys didn't see this coming. Of course Smash Bros. Ultimate is going to be ranked number 1. Not only is this one of the best fighting games to come out in recent times, but it's one of the best crossover games in general. Hell, some fans will even go out of their way to say that this is the best Smash game in the entire series. I still think Melee is better, but we are not debating that right now. Let's get the obvious fact out of the way first. This game was meant to celebrate the 20th anniversary of Super Smash Bros. And what better way to commemorate than by bringing back every single fighter so far. Even once they were cut from past titles, witnessing every single Smash Bros. fighter together in one game was fucking insane including characters that we never thought we'd ever seen a Smash game, such as Ridley, King K. Rool, Banjo-Kazooie, Sephiroth, Steve from Minecraft, and even Sora from Kingdom Hearts. Holy shit! And none of this is even mentioning the gameplay, 
which combines almost every mechanic from previous titles. This includes, but not limited to, the competitive slash BS mechanics from Melee, the final smashes from Brawl, the amiibo support from Smash 4, and so much more. Even a couple of new mechanics found their way into this game. Most famously, the Smash Mirror where you get to pull off final smashes a lot faster. Albeit, they're slightly weaker versions, but still. And Spirits, where you get to customize your fighters. This was mostly shown in the World of Light, the most interesting yet tedious adventure mode so far. Hell, they even went out of their way to make certain fighters have their own unique movesets, which gives this game extra replay value. It's amazing how much content they provided in this game alone, and it really makes you wonder, will there ever be another Smash Bros. game after this? Because it will be impossible to top a game as revolutionary as this. The only negative thing I can say about this game is the amount of fan service provided. I know, I criticized the series enough because of that, and fan service can be a good thing depending on the game. For this game though, they definitely went overboard. Yet they still made it work. I don't know what else to say. Except if you have a Switch and don't have a copy of Super Smash Bros Ultimate, get help. Seriously. <laughs> With that said, my list has been concluded. This was definitely a tough list for me to compile, because the only other Switch games I played were either ports or games I really don't care about. <coughs> Splatoon. <coughs> and who knows what kind of games we'll get for our next Nintendo system. Yeah, we're now living in a world where the Switch is on the verge of being discontinued, which is fucking nuts. Regardless, you'll definitely expect an episode about those set games in the future. But until then, what are some of your favorite Switch games? You can let us know on our Discord server, or send us a message on Instagram, at Geeks Crossing. Continue to support us on all major listening platforms, whether that be Anchor, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, Amazon Music, Audible, iHeartRadio, or whatever platform you're using right now. If you want more geeky content, check out the Geeks and I at Twitch at Eman the Legendary, Nuclear Bacons, Kurtzwalk Games, and Carabai respectively. Also, check out my YouTube channel under the same name, Eman the Legendary, and tell your friends and family about us, especially any Nintendo fans you know in your life. Thank you for listening, and stay true to your geek selves.